Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Abraham, and today I am joined by a really special guest, one of our Blissful Parenting uh, expert faculty members. Uh, her name is Adele Anderson. She is an NLP, Master NLP Practitioner Trainer, and uh, for those of you that don't know what NLP is, it's Neuro Linguistic Programming. So Adele's specialty is she works with people specifically counselors, families, and children to help in-home behavior issues like listening, having great connection as a family, um, taking control of communication in a way that's, uh, so you can have influence with your kids and uh, just all sorts of great things that will help you and your children behave and communicate properly together. And then outside of the home, Adele really works with people to help, like the NLP specifically helps people with learning. So it helps you springboard your learning, grasping concepts and ability to learn how to manage our emotions. So that's a really great thing. And one of the great things that Adele really wants her clients to know, and you out there, Blissful Parenting and listeners, is that, you know, she helps parents realize that behavior is not your children. It is a form of communication. So that's so interesting. Adele, thank you so much for being with us today. She is also the author of our communication as a superpower um, course in the Blissful Parenting Library. So make sure you check that out. And you can find her at lifecoachadele.com. So thank you, Adele, for being with us today. Excited to have you here. Thank you, Michelle. I'm looking forward to our conversation. I'm always happy to, to check in with you and see what's new at Blissful Parenting. Yeah, so great to have you on board today. I love just our conversations. Today, we're specifically talking about the neuroscience of behavior. So this is going to be a juicy one, guys. Make sure you're listening into it. So Adele, I love to start with like really, let's our list, some of our listeners know you already, some are just hearing you for the first time. So let's take a little bit of a step back and then hear a little bit about your background. So I'd love to hear what you, uh, how, how you got to this place in working with families and children, counselors. Yeah, well, it's been a, it's been a road like everyone has their journey. So my journey began with a turning point story where I was, I found myself trapped inside a plane that had crashed and overturned in water. And the phenomenal speed and recovery of my brain to source the information that I needed was something that I just couldn't let go of. It was something that I searched for years to try to find the tools or to try to find an understanding with how that happened for me and why I was able to survive. And when I found NLP, it was really the aha moment. I, I could understand how the subconscious mind played an incredible role in my survival. And it set me on a, on a trajectory where I wanted to know more. And so, you know, I started off, off just being a practitioner, then a master practitioner, and finally got my trainers. And I am passionate about neuroscience because if it can save your life, <laughs> it can certainly change the behavior of your child. So um, it's, it's something that, again, I love to share uh, because I'm so passionate about it. And it really relates to each and every person on this planet because we're all working with the same subconscious and conscious connections within our ourselves. And to explore that and to understand it better really makes us stronger, better, faster, wiser. I could go on and on. 
I love it. Thank you, Adele. You're so knowledgeable uh, in this topic. And I love like just hearing all sorts of, you can hear the passion coming through you when you talk about these things. And what an incredible story you have to, to start us off with. That's an amazing thing that your brain did in that moment. I just can't believe that that's something that you can remember and that your subconscious works that way. It's incredible. So in relation to behavior, how does the subconscious and like behavior kind of work together? Well, when we think about children, the brain is still developing. It doesn't actually fully mature. The neocortex, which is our greatest, latest invention in, you know, human development, you know, it's got lots of cool tools, but fundamentally the child is working within the subconscious brain which is mature when they are born mm -hmm. the neocortex doesn't mature until they're about 25 so you can see the difference in uh, concepts from the, from the two brains and which one is really in the powerhouse and and truthfully the speed of the neocortex always is considered the slow brain even though it's the wise brain you know it works at about 100 to 120 miles per hour where the subconscious brain works at over a hundred thousand miles per hour and so we can use this subconscious power uh, to engage with our child sooner but it takes a different language set we have to have different tools in order to communicate on a subconscious brain level versus you know a task learning developing neocortex. Wow, that's fascinating. And I know from personally working with you with my son, uh, you've got all sorts of really great tools um, to do this. And to, for me, it was fascinating to learn about the different communication styles um, that each of us have and how my communication style and my son's communication style are completely different and how to kind of maneuver through that. Can you, you know, just share with our parents a little bit about what those communication uh, different styles are and how they impact our communication? Sure. Leaving ahead a little bit because, of course, all communication requires rapport. Rapport builds trust and then the child engages with you. So, of course, children are bonding with their parents, but at those difficult times, we see them sort of separate. And that's natural to psychological evolution. But getting back to your question, Michelle, you're talking about something called four tuple and there's actually what we're talking about really is our senses so our sense of sight hearing smell taste olfactory um, kinesthetic which is our feeling what we feel emotionally as well as physically mm -hmm. so if you if you're looking outside right now i'm looking outside over the pacific ocean and so quite visual my world is coming into me visually i see the sparkling sun off the water i see you know, the texture of the different islands as they get further away from me. You know, I, I see certain things. I can feel the wind coming through my window, giving me the temperature on my skin. You know, I can hear the whistling of the wind outside. So this is how I'm taking in the expression of my outer world. And this is the outer world. This inside this bag of skin <laughs> is our life, right? So our experience of our outer existence comes in through our sensory expression. And there are stronger expressions in, in each of our children. So we wanna know if they are a visual thinker or if they're interpreting their world through auditory, through sound. So are they listening to music versus are they, um, looking at the written word or looking out into their environment? Are they feeling? 
Are they picking up and grasping things, playing Lego? Are they very like deep seated emotionally? So the child is learning through their environment in, in a specific way. So you want to identify which of the senses your child is using to understand their world. And that's known as four tuple. Wow, that's amazing. And you know, it's interesting because I've related back to like, I remember reading the book, The Four Love Languages and communicating with your husband. Is that the same thing that he's using in that kind of theory in that book? Well, I haven't actually read that book, so yeah. I can't comment on it. But we do definitely know that men and women communicate differently on quite different levels. And women are more um, verbal with their, their need to express themselves. There's a bit, bunch of different psychological things happening between men and women. So definitely there, there may be similar points in that you're watching mm -hmm. for certain clues gotcha. in mm -hmm. your communication. But again, because I'm not aware of that specific book, yeah. I can't comment on it. Okay. <laughs> this one, I've always, always wondered about that since I've started learning about your four-tuple. Four I was curious about that. Uh, that's great. Do you, uh, so now that we know the four-tuple like kind of communication styles, how can we then use that as a parent to our advantage in communicating with our kids? Yeah, because we're talking about rapport. Mm -hmm. So rapport means that we kind of you know, you, you have certain people that you find yourself really comfortable with mm. because you kind of speak the same language. You enjoy the same things. You have similar interests. So this makes us bond. And when we're looking for connectedness with families because we want ongoing influence over our children, we want this bond and rapport is part of that. So knowing your child's representational skills uh, styles, your, the four tuple, the sensory intake, allows you to communicate using words that fall into those groups. So again, if we're talking, your, your child is very visual, you might notice that they watch you. They repeat by watching you versus an auditory child maybe repeats by listening to you, where a kinesthetic child may um, learn by repeating what you do. So you start to learn your child's natural way to communicate and to bring information in. And then we can use those, those types of words. So to explain that better, you know, if, if someone said, I, I can see what you mean. Well, see is a visual word. Someone else might say, I get you. Well, getting is actually a physical aspect of picking something up and I'm getting it. So that's a kinesthetic way of speaking where someone else might say, I hear what you're saying. So here, of course, is an auditory word. So when we talk about four tuple, we're actually listening within their communication to us, the actual words that they're using to describe their experience or to communicate with you. And if you hear a lot of words, it's like hear, listen, tune into um, a vibration, the song, the beat, that you can hear all of these words relate auditorial. So you can start to make word lists 
mm. of the types of words your child's using. And then you use those types of words too, because they are going to tune into when they think you get them. When, you, mm. when they think you understand them, it's because you're communicating in their style of thinking, not in your own. So you're adapting your normal style and you, you'll cross over with them on some levels, but you really want to be conscious of the words that you use when you actually have this conversation with your child. Oh, that's fascinating. I love what you said, like keeping track of that and like writing it down so I can visualize, you know, parents like out there, get their iPhones out, taking notes of when the kids are talking and like what kind of language they're using. And um, when someone, when you feel like you're, you're understood, I think that will help with communication so much and just help with feeling connected with, with each other, like you mentioned. I think that's really great. So um, now using this as a parent, I think is going to be a really interesting tool. When you're working with your parents and your families and the counselors and stuff, what exactly do you do with the families or with the counselors? Or how do you, how do you in, uh, sort of initiate like these kind of things into uh, some of the tools that parents can use? Yeah. So the first part is me learning the, what we call the back end of the mind, the subconscious mind. So finding out what, what type of thinker they are. And there's a second aspect of that, which is called the meta model and meta programs. So the meta model is really the force behind their decision making styles. And once you know their meta model, again, you can gain influence over their decisions. So by using the four tuple, to get in there and wiggle in and persuade them. And then you want to actually find out what their major meta model, the, the programs that are running in the, in the background. So I'll name off the top four. Towards and away, internal or external, matched or mismatched, and one time and several times. What do they mean? Well, towards and away means that people are making decisions based on either fear or something exciting. When someone is moving towards something, they're usually excited about it and they use that type of language. I'm moving towards greater health versus moving away from being ill. So you'll see moving away is a fear based. You can see them backing up and away in order to achieve what they want versus someone who's looking forward to something is moving towards it. So that's one way. Which way do they go? You can figure it out by starting to ask them some questions and we'll get into that. Internal or external? Everybody likes to have a compliment, but there's some people that need to know externally that you did a good job versus other people, they know intrinsically that the job was well done and that's enough for them. So which one is it? And of course, as our children are growing and developing their self-esteem, we want to encourage them. So being an external um, gratification towards the, the good things that your children are doing is always helpful. It's not going to be something that you um, necessarily see them shy away from. Although I do know of one young boy who likes absolutely no attention placed on him don't throw him a birthday party. He is an extremely internal type of thinker and he knows that he's done a good job because he does it. But 
he would be embarrassed if you were to mm -hmm. congratulate him. So you'll learn that quite quickly if your child is the same way. Matched and mismatched. I love this one. And I often use maybe two different styles of pens or maybe two different styles of um, something that holds water, a drinking glass, a mug. And if you think that they're the same because their function is the same, because they both have a flat bottom, they both hold liquid, you know, you, they have a rim, then you would maybe be looking at your world by things that are similar. Versus other people might say they're different. They're a different size, they're a different shape. One holds more water or less. The rim is a, a different thickness so that they're completely different. So when you have a child that is looking at the world and comparing differences, and the parent, the mother or the father, has a meta model where they compare similarities to make sense of their world. You can see how we can miscommunicate. So again, it's very important to know if your child is a matching type of thinker or a mismatching type of thinker. And the last one, and this is really important for uh, parents with teens, is the one time or the several times thinker. And we all have them. We have friends that do research that ask 10 people that never buy a certain thing until they know all of the, what that crock pot has. <laughs> and then they'll decide, well, I'm never going to bake a cake in it. I'm going to decide on the model B. So this, this is your seven times person and they're never going to buy something or very seldom will they make a decision based on impulse where the other one is a one times. They hear it and they leap. And this goes towards drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, nasty stuff. So these impulsive types of thinker and children, of course, have less life uh, experience. And so we understand based on that alone that they will make riskier decisions. So by knowing your child's meta model and being able to influence them and know the likelihood of which choice they're going to make in a certain situation allows you to have greater influence over them, even when you're not around. Wow. Just think of like curfews and like that, having the, you know, don't stay out too late drinking talk, you know, that would, that would, that would just change a lot of those conversations, I think. And also maybe- now interrupt you there Michelle, yeah. because don't is a word that's dropped from our brain uh -huh. so what ha the child doesn't hear don't stay out late what actually goes in is stay out late <laughs> don't is one of those wishy-washy words that our brain doesn't know what to do with and so I encourage you the next time you've used the word don't is to think of what the what you just said and how it went into their mind. <laughs> Amazing. And Think about is, that. Yeah. And is uh, and one of those ones as well? Or but? But is another one of those uh, tricky words? Because I There's know a some... lot of words that are kind of wishy-washy. Yeah. I know like, like try. Maybe... Right. Okay. Try. try. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Tomorrow. Somewhere. Any, anywhere in the future is sort of um, giving the brain an out. Might. There's a bunch of um, wishy-washy words that give the brain, uh, you know, the, I put my left foot in, I put my <laughs> left foot out. <laughs> it gives them an opportunity to sway 
or the brain doesn't actually get called to action. Mm. So I can't is a, is a brilliant one. You know, there, there's the old saying, we, we've all heard it. Um, can't never did anything. <laughs> and it's true because you've told your brain that a solution is not available. And so you've stopped your brain from sourcing from every piece of information, 400 billion bytes of Per second of information that's been downloaded into your brain, everything that you've seen, heard, tasted, smelt, kinesthetically or uh, physically, it's all in there in your universal in university, which is, you know, your subconscious brain inside your mind, this brilliant um, amount of information. When we say can't, like if I was in that plane upside down drowning and I, and I would say I can't get out, I would have drowned. I absolutely know that. But I didn't say that. I said, I'm getting out of the plane now. Mm -hmm. And then my, my brain sourced the information, the exact information that I needed to get out of a plane that had crashed and overturned in water. Bigger story, but the words matter is what I'm trying to get down to. Words matter. They matter for our physiology and they matter for our action. So you know, our awareness of that is key. Yeah, such an incredible story. Um, so when you're working with families, you get to know like the communication style and then the meta model. And then you then you're able to kind of formulate some, some ideas. What happens next when you're working with them? Depending on the, on the child mm -hmm. and what, what the, what the parents have come for, but when we're working with subconscious brain, we're working with story, we're working with metaphor, we're working with synonyms, we're working with, um, you know, bringing in a comparison. So for example, if I want to tell a child a certain decision that would be good, I would want to influence them with someone who they already feel an affinity to. So we know that our little children are watching Paw Patrol or they're watching Transformers. And I like to use Optimus Prime or Rider as two examples. So if something is sort of, you know, going down that, not the pipe in the wrong direction and you want to change it and you're finding you're not having the influence that you want because they're not listening to mom, maybe mom doesn't know the answer you can say to them something like, I already know that you know the answer because you know Ryder and Ryder knows the answer. So you can use these tools of stories that they're already aware of and pick the white light, the white knight, mm -hmm. you know, the, the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. And your child has grasped onto that already. They already know the values of Optimus Prime. They know truth and honesty and sticking up for the little guy and, you know, saving the world. They have it all. So we can engage our child in making good decisions by adopting or just dropping, dropping, mentioning a name <laughs> of somebody that they already grasp onto like these, you know, these hero's journeys in some of these child um, 
models and stories. So use the stories, use the stories that they love, use the figures that they love in order to influence them. And again, bypassing the critical thinker of the brain by saying, I already know you know this. You already have the answer. You know, you're, you're asking me, but you already know what I'm going to say. <laughs> so this bypasses that and goes right in and they already know the answers. No, they can't have another Twinkie before bedtime, right? Right. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to use that one tonight. <laughs> but I want a treat. No, it's like bedtime. <laughs> they don't, they don't, yeah. <laughs> Got to start using some of these good, great little nuggets you're giving us. Uh, so great. So now tell us a little bit about the, um, the course that you made with us at Blissful Parenting. Uh, such a great course and it's using communication as your superpower. So can you tell us a little bit about the course, who it's for, what they can expect to get, um, some of the takeaways in the course? Yeah, it's, a, it's meant for the, um, you know, the younger family. We're talking about, you know, understanding our children from an earlier age. We're, we're talking uh, about all aspects of communication, and we know that verbal, the things that are coming out of our mouth, is such a small portion mm -hmm. of you know, of the communication that we do. Body language, for example, is up to 70 to 80% of what we say. So when your child walks into the, breast, the breakfast table in the morning and reads the room, before you've even told them, have they made their bed, have they brushed their teeth, have they done all of this, they already know if mom's in a good mood or if, you know, what's happening within the house they can tell by your body language they can tell by the expression the mannerisms the the way you're holding your hands the you know is the dog's tail wagging in the right direction so we talk about body language in the very first module and also define what body language your child is using are they worried are they disapproving? Are they feeling resistant? Are they um, feeling disrespectful? You know, are they yawning, coughing? Are they looking, biting their lip? Are they holding their bodies inward? So we learn about this. And of course, children, as they grow, start to express themselves in different ways, their hairstyle, the, the dress code that they're stepping into. So we, when we start to see changes in behavior, and disposition in our child, it's good to know that there's something going on. So that's the first module. And then we actually learn about safe zones. So when we talk about safe zones, it's stuff that we immediately know. I can, I can say um, a crosswalk. What, do you, what comes to mind when you think of a crosswalk? Well, there's usually people there that are assisting and keeping things safe. The traffic moves slower. Kids are supposed to be able to move within that and feel protected. So that's kind of a safe zone. If you think about a construction site, you know, is there danger? What, what is the natural feel of a construction site? Or what about a church? You know, so we have these natural feelings that are connected to certain spaces. And we can do the same thing within our home to create safe zones, which is kind of becomes a symbol Mm -hmm. that is within your child's mind to know that it's okay to share here. Mm -hmm. It's okay to communicate here. I'm going to be listened to. I'm going to be heard. I can bring my friends. We can hang out. We know what is expected in the house. And then we get into a little bit 
of a deeper zone because obviously behavior happens and we want a harmonious house. So how do we manage that within a safe zone of the house? And, and it comes with criteria. So we learn what the criteria is and how we can engage in a respectful communication, which means two-way dialogue, <laughs> and begin these forms of a harmonious house. Module three is about magic words, knowing that there is um, more power in because than in please, uh, knowing, you know, you know already that if you were to say your child's first name and second name gets their attention, if you say their first, second and last name, you've got their attention. Um, so there, there are words and associative words that we learn have more power and words that engage the imagination. So if I right now was asking you to imagine picking up a yellow lemon, bringing it up to your nose, taking a nice sniff, and then taking a wide mouth and bite right into it. What happens? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> your mouth starts like going crazy already. It's so funny, so visual. So we realize that words have power, right? And mm -hmm. they have the power to ignite our imagination into something that we as parents want to focus on. So, so this, this is the third module. And then the fourth module moves on to, oh, I went by past it. Let me just go back up to destinational parenting, which is you learning the, the map of your child's decision-making process so that you know the foundation of how their brain not only takes in the information through the four tuple, but then what it does with it and, and how that is, is going to result in you having more comfort in knowing that your child is is making a certain decision even when you're not there you're pretty you're pretty certain of how their mind works and when they come up to a certain situation in their young life with less life experience than what we have you know a situation that could be dangerous to them what is the likelihood of them making either a good decision or a decision that might not be as friendly towards them and the, fast one, the last one is called heart harmony, and it's recognizing that we have brain cells in our heart. We have 40,000 sensory neuro, neurocytes in our heart, and quite often we forget about that. You know, they always say, speak from your heart. You know, I, I once had a client say, how can you ever be mad at somebody if you come from a place of love? And I know that we get triggered, but that's our own baggage. <laughs> <laughs> we have to realize, <laughs> we have to realize that what we what we find upsetting within us is because it resonates with us somewhere and learning how to be more settled at remembering to speak through this smaller functioning brain that's within mm -hmm. our heart um, actually reduces strength increases our resi resilience and actually makes us live longer. So the body chemistry associated with heart harmony is worthwhile learning. 
Amazing. I love it. Well, we've given such a great overview. Uh, our listeners, I'm sure now can really get a good picture of and a good idea of what it's like to work with you and what it's like to learn about the superpowers and uh, using communication as a superpower. I think that's so important. And the connectedness, you know, we talked about that a lot. And I think with all the devices we have these days and the computers and the long commutes and you know, kids in daycare, or there's nothing wrong with that, but we're just not as connected as we used to be um, as families. And I think this is really, uh, you know, it's really important to learn these things to really feel that connectedness again with, with families. I know as my kids have gotten, you know, from two years old to three years old to now, you know, my oldest is going to be seven in a few weeks. I feel not as connected as he's getting older because he doesn't need me as much. So, you know, learning to get those connected things back through our communication and through, you know, just listening and taking the time with each other too is so important. So thank you for inspiring us today with your amazing skills in NLP. And I'm so excited to, you know, just let parents know that this is something that's available out there. This is a tools that we have the science back tools that are at our tips for resources to use for parenting like we're not alone this is this has been around for a long time this is proven techniques this is very cool and I think applying it to parenting is such a good thing so Adele thank you so much for being with us today I wanted to thank you we are so lucky to have you on our faculty at Blissful Parenting and um, you know guys if you're interested in this in the communication of Zoof Power course please go check it out blissfulparenting.com and Adele, make sure you follow Adele. She's got lots of great, um, lots of great things. Her podcast is Mind Your Freedom. You can find that on Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, all the major uh, platforms out there. And, uh, you know, just want to get into this minding, you know, being mindful of our communication. And I think this will help us all become better parents. So thank you, Adele, for your wisdom today. Thanks so much for allowing me to share, Michelle. I'm so passionate about what we can do for ourselves, for our families, for our children, to make all of our lives, you know, just function better, but also to, you know, enjoy the process. Raising kids is one of the biggest things we'll ever do. And to have a few more tools ways to switch out what's not working is a you know is just it's there for you if you need it it's there for you that's amazing and i heard a statistic from someone earlier where we spend 90 percent of the time we're ever going to spend with our children before they turn age 10. so that's crazy when you think of it that way but you know that's that's when it's so important in this you know in their early stages of the communication and adele if people want to reach out to you directly where can they find you uh, my email is yes at lifecoachadel.com. You can go to my website, which is lifecoachadel.com, or text me. My cell phone is 604-885-8236. I'm here for you. If you have a quick question, just pop it in. I'm more than happy to send you back a quick text and tell you a little bit more about what I do or even just answer a quick question for you. Wow. Yeah, that parents, you've got her cell phone number to text her question. That's amazing. Thank you, Adele, for your generosity and your wisdom today. And parents, make sure you connect with Adele and keep following her. Listen to her podcast, Mind Your Freedom. It's awesome. And we'll stay tuned. See you next time on the Blissful Parenting Podcast. Thanks again. Mm-hmm.
Thank you for listening to the Blissful Parent Podcast. For complete transcriptions of this show, as well as helpful links to resources mentioned in this episode, please visit our website at theblissfulparent.com. 